Everybody rest to your feet if you can. We're going to read the word of God that's on the wall. This is our theme scripture for the month. I'm hoping that it is so attached to your spirit that you walk in victory for the rest of your life. Let's go. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory Our faith, not not your faith. Our faith. Together. Together. All right. Our faith. Has given us what? When? Oh, y'all good. So whatever looked like it had victory over your life and when you allowed yourself to take on defeat. That's over with. Okay. Somebody shout now. Now Now you have victory moving forward. How do you have victory? How do you have victory? Our. How do we have victory? Our. 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 You got it? What do you have? How? You got it? Give somebody a high five and seal the deal. Find somebody. Make sure. That's right. That's right. Give somebody a high five. I remember I was at the I was at the um, the Raider game and they finally scored a touchdown. I was at that game. They finally scored a touchdown. And I was looking to give somebody a high five, and one I wasn't sitting close enough. They were giving all those high five. I said, "Somebody gonna give me high five." <laughs> I, I went up a couple rows and gave him high five. I'm still in the deal. You're going you gonna to believe with me. We down, but we got our comeback. All right? And we came back and we won that game. There's a few believers in the stadium. Amen. All right. All right. Um, turn to um, two, two passages of text. I want to read um, from Habakkuk um, chapter number two. It's often quoted. Write the vision, make it plain. Right? And then you can run with it. I believe she was singing. Release it, remove it, and run with it. (laughs) Write the vision, make it plain. So you can run with it. Write the vision, make it plain. So you can run with it. Release it, remove it, and run with it. Release it, remove it, and run with it. Release it, let it go. Remove it. It's weighing you down. I'll take off running with it. <clears throat> In this particular text, we're hearing from a major prophet, I mean a minor prophet, Habakkuk. Um, verse number, chapter number two, verse number one. Verse number one. Verse number one. Ready, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this divine opportunity to feast from your table. Come now. Bring us into a oneness, Lord. Take every thought captive. That we won't think about what we're challenged with. We won't think about what we're up against. But we'll think about you. Who's in control of everything. Lord, if we have looked anywhere else other than at you. We repent. 
and we turn our faces to you and I turn our hearts over to you, God, that we may have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. We declare right now, Father, that we are the church. So come now and speak that we may hear. And after all is said and done, we promise to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Father, we, we love you, and we thank you for this opportunity. And I, Lord, stand before you. I tremble knowing that I'm not able nor worthy but except through you. So consecrate me, God, that I may be used as your vessel today. That we, your people, may be edified by your word as you are glorified. Father, we love you and we thank you. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Chapter number two, verse number one. He's, he reads, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see and watch to see what he will say to me. And I what I will and what I will answer when I am corrected. I got to pause right there. He says, I'm waiting to see what the Lord has to say. Then he says, I'm going to wait until he corrects me. Ain't that something? He's saying, because he asked him three questions. And he's saying, I'm going to wait to see what he has to say because it's going to correct me for even asking him. Isn't that good? Prophetic speaking. <laughs> he knows if he's out of line, whatever God has to say will bring him in line. Hallelujah. Okay, Let verse, verse number two. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright. It's not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Amen. That's some good stuff. I want to read three verses to you. I'm going to read verse 12 from the same chapter. I mean, chapter one, verse 12. Verse 12 says, are you not from everlasting 
O Lord, my God, my Holy One, shall we not die? You have, O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O Rock, you have marked them for correction. <clears throat> so he asked them in the verse number 12, he says, are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One. Question number one. Question number two was, verse 14, why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? That's question number two, Habakkuk's asking God. Question number three, he says, shall they therefore empty their nets and continue to slay nations without pity? That's question number three. Then the Bible says he sat down on the rampart, on the ledge, so he could see. He sat down and watched to see what God has to say. Y'all got that? Are waiting for his correction. Man. In, this, in, this, in essence, this is what, what happened. Question number one is, are you able, God? Question number two, how long are we going to suffer and be like little fishes, insects? And then question number three, no, question number two is why? We, why do we have to suffer like this? Question number three was, how long are you going to let us suffer like this? All right? Anybody in, in here ever ask God these questions? Yeah. All right, now turn to... Philippians chapter number three. Paul, the, the apostle, he, he writes to the church of Philippi. Verse number 12. We there? <clears throat> Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching, somebody shout forward, forward, to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm. Amen. Therefore, let us. As many as are mature, tell your neighbor, grow up, have this mind. <laughs> and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Grow up until God shows you. Quit talking about what's wrong, grow up, sit on the rampart, 
and see what God has to say. You are seated now on the rampart. And God says to you, faith forward. Faith forward. Now tell your neighbor, keep it moving. You may be seated in the presence of God. I really do not have time to stop and pick up a whole lot of junk that will weigh me down. I'm on the move. Uh, the, the, the writer Habakkuk is a prophet and he's frustrated because the Babylonians are growing enlarged because under the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, they have busted loose and they have become totally evil and to the Judeans and, and, and all of the people of that nation, they have began to mistreat them in an undefiled, corruptible manner. The, the signs of time in the government, the government uh, was so cruel and ugly in the mistreating of people. And here is a prophet who is looking at everything that's going on around him in the world. And he's saying, how could this be God? Because he had what I would think of as called selective amnesia. Um, you forget what God said based on looking at your current situation. And then your current situation causes you to have a relapse of judgment to look at things for yourself rather than look at things from the perspective of the God that has saved you and given you his spirit. Thereby, you no longer want to live by the spirit, you want to live by the natural. Because God has given you everything in the spirit and the enemy is trying to get you to focus on the natural and you look at the natural and forget what the spirit has already said to the church. Here is a prophet who is suffering with the same problem that we suffer with. And I want to unveil it to you because in chapter number one of Habakkuk, he begins to talk to Habakkuk in chapter number one, the prophet asked him a question. Can you put verse one in chapter number one on the board? He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Every, even cry out to you violent and you will not say. Check this, go down to verse eight. Is that eight or is that five? Verse five. So God answers him really quickly in verse number five. What does it say? Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded for what? I will work a work in your days 
which you would not be able to be, would would not believe though it were told to you. He had already told Habakkuk. You don't have to cry very long because I'm going to work a work. He didn't say Habakkuk was going to do it. He said he was going to do it. He was going to work a work that you won't even believe could be worked. So in order for God to work a work that could not, you couldn't believe, it had to be a situation that you can't handle. He forgot what God said. God said to you through Paul, two and nine, I has not seen, neither ear heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that I have planned for them that love me. How many of you love the Lord? He allowed the situations of his environment to leave from the spirit realm to go into the natural realm. people have said don't call you're not supposed to question God you are supposed to question God but be ready for the answer because God will answer you based on his promise he already gave you and then it will point you into the area why he hasn't answered the promise because you stop looking at him and start looking at the trouble. Here he is talking to God, at telling God, you know, we, he even equated himself and the people to fishes. He did, not God. God had already told him, I'm going to do something. Look, trust me, I got this. My question is, do you really trust God? If you trust God, you could get happy in your circumstances. Now, I'm not talking about trust him the way we've learned to trust him when it's all good. Uh, see, see, that's what we think. Oh, that's trusting God. Oh, I trust in the Lord. Yeah, but let hell start running through your household. Let, let your circumstances start looking out of control. Can you trust him then? Can you trust God, when look, when your whole house begins to fall over, you don't have nothing left. Can you trust him like Job trusted him? Take it all from me, God, but I still trust you. He was looking and began to ask these questions that we ask God. God, what's up with this? What's up with that? But he had, listen, what I like about him is he had enough sense to say, you know what? I'm going to sit down and hear from you. See, that's what we need to do. We need to sit down and hear what the spirit has to say to the church. So then I want to draw a parallel of what Paul says. Paul began to speak to the church at Philippi. 
And he says, there's three things that you're going to need to do. First, you're going to have to realize that there is trouble always. Paul said, but I belong to Christ now. He said, but I don't have it all together, even though I belong to him. Now, how many of you think you got it all together? Mm-hmm. When I first got saved, I want to just tell you the truth. I thought I had it together. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because I was so sold out for Jesus, nothing else mattered. I, I took my Bible everywhere. I, I was going to the gym. And before I was going to the gym, before I got saved, and my eyes was all over the gym. When I got saved, I took my word to the gym. Instead of looking around, I was looking in the word. Because I believe that Jesus had total control of my life and I was sold out for him. And whatever he did, I was going to find it in his word and he was going to make me better. So I spent the most of my day on trying to get better for him than trying to be bitter at what the world was handing me. Mm. So Paul, Paul says, Paul says, I don't have it all, but one thing I do. And then he says, the first thing I want to give you today is your press. He says, I press on. Write it down. Say, I got to press. Say, I got to press. Say, I got to press. You know, sometimes you feel like you're all pressed out. I, when I used to be, be trying to get toupee, and I'd give up because I couldn't get no more. It seemed like it was all gone. But there was still a little bit of a press. And if I couldn't get it out, I would go to my daddy. And my daddy would get something out that I couldn't get out. What am I saying? If you feel like you can't press, you got to go to daddy. Because daddy will help you get one more press. Somebody said, I just need a little help from, from daddy in here. He says, I'm a very present help in your time of need. The issue is, if you want to press or not, don't ask God to take you out. Ask him to give you another press so you can press your own way out because he's given you everything you need already. If you can tap into the heavenly, you have every spiritual blessing. The issue is you are focused on what's happening here instead of focusing on what's happening there. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you want it to happen, go up into the kingdom and get it. Your faith is in kingdom. Oh, let me say that again. Your faith in God is in the kingdom. It's in the spirit realm. So distractions and the enemy is trying to make you think a certain way by what's happening in the natural realm. Because in order for you to get to what God has, you're going to have to press your way through whatever's in front of you. The race is not given to the swift or the strong, but the ones who will endure 
How many of you got a little press left in you? I felt like giving up, but I'm ready to press. I felt like giving in, but I'm ready to press. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I believe I got one more press left in me. How many of you believe you just got one more press? Somebody shout press! Paul said, you got to press toward the mark. And he says, there's a problem with pressing. You know how sometimes you could be focused on something and, you, and you're working on it and somebody will try to get your attention over here. Uh, you ever try to push something and somebody telling you, hey, over here, and you look? You don't push as hard as you were pushing when you're looking. And so in order to press, you're going to have to stay with your press and stop listening to what the, your mind is telling you. Because you could be pressing and almost there. And something will drop in your mind and tell you, you can't make it. Or you might have one of those foes that call themselves a friend that has told you what God's not going to do and what you're not able to do. You know, my issue with that is, why do we call the same people who tell us the same thing? Because, because I believe we want to, we want to be pleased. Is there anybody in here who likes to be pleased? And so, and so, and so in, in, in developing that characteristic of pleasing oneself, we don't realize we hold ourselves in bondage because, and, and, and check this out, uh, one thing about God as he looks at the person and he will save them and deliver them for purpose, but he don't want them to change who they are. Let me tell you something. Before I got saved, I loved me some Felix. When I got saved, I loved me some Felix. <laughs> and today, I love me some Felix. But I don't love Felix more than I love me some Jesus. <laughs> See, God don't want you to change. <laughs> he just wants you to love him more than anything else. <laughs> see, see, when you... see. Something happens when you start loving him more than you love you. You'll start planning to please him. How many of you plan your own birthday party? When's the last time you planned a party to please Jesus? Ah, let me tell you something. When you start making a way to please Jesus, I'm going to do this to please Jesus. I'm going to do that to please Jesus. You are then operating in faith because when you are putting God first, that is putting faith in God is we put faith in the world before we put faith in God. Let me tell you a story. I believe God to have a son. God, I want a son. God said, okay. So I tried and I tried. Five dollars later, I quit. 
And I told my wife, I said, you know what? We getting ready to shut everything down. She said, well, that's cool, but uh, I'm feeling a little funny. <laughs> See, I had quit because I was 50. And God said, I kept my promise. See, sometimes we want to give up on God. And I'm going to tell you, I quit. I made an appointment. Amen. <laughs> Here's how good God is. I lost my insurance before the appointment. Praise God. Sit <laughs> up. Sit up, God. <laughs> And I began to complain to God about insurance. See, you got to know we can't complain about what God is doing in our life because God has a plan that's way bigger than our plan. Eyes cannot see, neither ear heard the things that God has planned for them that love him. So I remember they. Four months later, we went and I said, I got to see, I got to see, I got to see. Went to an ultrasound. I wanted to see. Ultrasound lady said, you guys ready for this? She said, it's 110% sure that it's a boy. She said, look for yourself. I said, that's a boy. (laughs) I began to praise God. So I'm thinking, what should I name him? Didn't have no idea. I began to pray. The name Armani came into my spirit about 5 a.m. I got up, I looked it up. Armani comes from the tribe of Armand, and it really means of faith. So I said, name my son that I'm having. I said, Lord, you're funny. Abraham was 100. I'm 50. Maybe I have half the faith of Abraham. (laughs) Fast forward. My son always hears faith from his daddy. And I told him his name means faith. So he is in the world, but hears faith being spoken to him every day. So he, after school, he's kicking in with his mom at the park and the ice cream man pulls up. He says, mama, can I have ice cream? She said, I don't have no money. He said, But I need ice cream. She said, son, I cannot leave and go to the ATM and get an ice cream, get some money so you can get an ice cream. He said, but I don't need money. (laughs) I need ice cream. (laughs) She told him, the world don't work that way. He said, okay, but just let me go and talk to the man about the ice cream. Right. (laughs) What does how the world make have to do with him needing him ice cream? He, she said, oh, boy. Sometimes you can bother your parents and they just say go. And she's thinking, I'm going to just tell you, she's thinking in her mind, she didn't tell me this, but I'm going to just tell the truth on her. She's thinking in her mind, 
Uh, he'll be back in a minute to say, well, they didn't have no ice cream. Yeah, she's saying, yeah, she confirming. He came back with his ice cream. Because he's saying the world don't work that way, but the word works that way. In other words, if you can believe that you can have it, then you can have it. If you move forward to go get it, let your faith move you forward. God has showed you something and you know it's true. And you say, God, how long am I have to do this job? How long am I going to have to do this? And you keep going and you're moving forward. The problem is you're distracted and you keep looking to the left. Oh, my kids ain't acting right. Oh, they talking about me over here. Oh, my husband. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Oh, this and all that. Oh, this. And you can never get there because God is moving you to the promise he has for you. But you're distracted. By what's going wrong. God makes stuff go wrong so he can work it out right. And it will look better than you could have ever believed it could look. Ooh, this is some good stuff. Make me a copy. The press. The press the press and so the enemy don't like your press because he knows if you're pressed and focused you can't you can't press with a bunch of weight on you let me tell you something I could push a car further by myself than trying to carry you and you on my back. So if you and you did something to me, I got to forget it. Because if I could forget what you did, then I can keep pressing. Oh, goodness. So the enemy tries to remind you of everything that went wrong and who did you wrong and then what you done wrong. That's he that joker is good at what he do. Oh, the issue is, if you get good at what God is doing, it don't matter what he do. So, so, so while, you're do, while you're pushing, the enemy is telling you, oh, yeah, you remember this, and you get weak because you won't forget it. But Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. It's almost like we've been walking around claiming we, we got the victory and we're carrying defeat with us. And then you wonder why right when you almost get there, it moves. It moved because you were supposed to be there at an appointed time and you didn't get there because you were carrying unnecessary weight. Oh, I wish to God you could get it as he's showing me in the spirit. And so you're carrying, you're carrying stuff that didn't look right, that didn't feel right. And you're carrying it with you. And you, 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 look, God has moved you, but you're carrying something that don't belong to you. 
So you can't press as hard. And so when you get there, what he has for you has moved. Why would God move what he has for you? Because God works in the spirit realm. And you can't carry natural into the spirit realm. And so he's waiting for you to let go of humanness, of holding stuff against folks and holding guilt upon yourself. Christ died for all of that on the cross. Are you going to allow his death to be in vain? Drop it like it's hot. Forget those things which are behind. And don't turn around and look at it again like Lot's wife who turned into a pillar of salt just for looking back. Here's the good news. The only thing behind you is goodness and mercy. They got your mirror, your rearview mirror on lockdown. So if goodness and mercy is behind you, you can press toward the mark, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Stand up here for a minute, Rudy. So, somebody shout focus. Paul says, do not look at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So then, um, um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, I, I want, to, want you to get this because... Paul says, don't focus on the thing. Can you see the box? Can you see it? Can you see it now? Uh, uh, there's some stuff that you've been looking at that you shouldn't be looking at. For the things that are seen are temporary. So I'm going to come back to that one minute. So then Paul says this, well, faith, now faith is the substance of things, what? Hope for. Hope for. And what? The evidence. So wait, 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 wait. I got evidence that these are clinics because you can see it. This is false evidence. No, it isn't, Pastor. I can see it. Well, according to the natural, you can see it. But I no longer live in the natural. I live in the spirit realm. And according to the word of God, if it's seen, it won't last. So it's false evidence. Oh, goodness. Ah, that's why the enemy cannot ever charge nothing against you because it can't last. Because Christ died from eternity to eternity. So now that you are in an internal living spirit, you are embodied by the power of God. And therefore, you can hope in what? All things. So my question becomes, my question becomes, what is your hope? Because, because my children teach me a lot. Stay right there. My daughter wants a horse. Every day, her hope is she get a horse. That's her hope. Her hope is not that my daddy will never get me a horse. Her hope is... Not, I don't have a horse. Her hope is, I'm getting a horse. 
Her hope isn't, I don't have a horse. Her hope is, I'm getting a horse. Now, let's listen to her hope. Where's her hope? Getting a horse. Her hope isn't, I'm not getting a horse. So where's her hope? So, so she's asked her daddy for a horse. Daddy said, I'm going to get you a horse. She said, when? Ain't that how we do with God? God told you, don't, listen, don't worry and do not, he said, I'm not going to tarry, but wait on it. Uh, And when I do it, you will not tarry. Now, wait, wait. You had to wait on him while he was tarrying, but when he does it, you will not tarry. In other words, when he does it, he's going to do it so good. However long you wait, it's going to be worth it. Ah. That's why it explains itself about life, because a mother gets pregnant, goes through pain and suffering. But when she has that baby nine months later, it's all worth it because she can rejoice that everything that she had to wait on is finally here. What am I saying? You are pregnant with victorious in every area of your life and you've got to do just three things. Number one, you're going to have to press. Number two, you're going to have to forget about everything else. Number three, getting ready to go home. Number three, focus. Before we get there, let's just say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, we, we're going after stuff, and I'm focused on Rudy, but have you ever gotten close to something and your vision goes off because you got too much other stuff you're thinking about you can't even see right? That's why the enemy... God has promised you victory and you're almost there. And the enemy is telling you stuff and throwing stuff your way, saying, make it look like it's not going to work. So you're reaching, but you can't get it. And you're pressing, but you can't get it because your focus is off. The moment you almost get there, you begin to focus on the blessing more than the blesser. So then, what's there to bless you, God has to delay it. Because if he give it to you too early, he knows that he won't be glorified the way he's meant to be glorified. If he gives it to you too early, he can't get the witnesses that are necessary, that are watching your life. Look all bad that he's going to work out for the good as you're almost there and your focus goes off of him to it and you start focusing on it more than you're focusing on him and then he moves back because he wants to be glorified in your life and he wants you to focus when you 
focus. Somebody said focus. focus. So then you focus on the mark, which is Christ Jesus. It don't matter what people say. It don't matter what people do. God has already made a promise to you. He said, I'm going to do something through Habakkuk that the whole world can't understand. So people, and then Jesus says it this way. He came, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And he says he came to dwell among men. The men received him not, but he did not believe. Because when Jesus came, he came to make believers. So when he came into you, you believed him. But here's some things that we're going to break today. You have believed him with limited faith. You have believed God based on your limits on what he could do. And it's a shame. And the church needs to repent that they trust in the world more than they trust in the word. He said, I came that you would have life. First, he says, a thief cometh to kill, steal, and to destroy. And you trust thieves more than you trust God. No, I don't. Yes, you do. People have come in your life and stole from you, but you trusted them. God came into your life and he's never stole nothing from you. And he's saying, I've given you a gift called faith, one measure. He says, and if you allow that faith to move you forward, you can have everything that I promised you. What did he promise you? Abundant life. The chair did not promise you abundant life. We got up this morning, we had faith that the car would start. Anybody believe that car was going to start this morning? Amen. When you got in your car, did you doubt? Oh, it ain't going to start today. No, you got in it believing. I, I have faith in my car. You got in and it got you here. Has your car ever broken down on you? Absolutely. But God has never broken down on you. How about having faith in God that God's going to start the car no matter what happens to the car? You come into the church, you bleed. I had faith the doors was going to be open. When you got here, you didn't even check. See if the door was open. You just opened up, came on in because you believed. You had faith. And I'm telling you because I lost faith. I told you I quit. I didn't believe that I was going to get a son even though God promised me that I would. But I believe him now. Has God done anything for you that you could say, I believe him now? You, you can sit down, you can sit down. So then, um, Hebrew 11, 1. So then it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Read it without the now. Now. 
that's good all by itself. That is definition, right, of a spiritual faith. But God said, faith truly in him is now faith. So then whatever he has promised you, if you believe it to be, you can bring it into the now. That's what that's saying. Bring it into your now. When you bring whatever you believe in God to do into your now, you will start rejoicing. Because whatever you believe for, you can bring it into right now. Although it's not here in the natural, you're in the spiritual already claiming it to be. When you start rejoicing of what you claim it to be, it has to come down into the natural. And therefore, the word has ownership of the world. It's not backwards. Word trumps world. The word of God defeats the enemy. The word of God conquers the world standard. When? What kind of faith do you have? When do you have your victory? So if you have it now and it moves you here, when do you have your victory? If you have it now, but it moves you here, when do you have your victory? That means you always have the victory if you can see him in it right now. I want the people who have now faith to give God a now praise. Somebody shall focus. This This is real important, real important. So listen, listen, I told you I love me some me, but not like I love Jesus. 